Hello everybody and welcome back to Dial Femme for Murder. We are now on episode nine. Nine. Nerf. Nerf. Lucky number nine. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying, you know, just gabbing on about loads of murders and cult stuff. It's it's giving okay, me but, such life. But can I just say, like, that's really terrifying because that means that it was like over nine weeks ago that we had the idea to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. We I don't know exactly, but we were sat outside by a castle. That's really chilling. Like, how was that nine weeks ago? That's insane. It's literally crazy. Slipping through my fingers, fingers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> time. Yes. What that the was hell? Abba. Very strange. So how have you well, been? That means we're we're one step closer to our tenth episode special. Absolutely. Um, Should we announce that up front? Well, we announced it last week. Oh, did we? At the end of the episode, yeah. Oh, wow. But we can give a little refresher. The the next episode, um, my friend Sammy is coming on and they are going to talk to us about JonBenet Ramsey. And they have a podcast called Listen Carefully, which is an investigation into the JonBenet Ramsey case. And Sammy is going to spill everything that they know about JonBenet Ramsey. I'm very excited for that episode. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, our first ever guest. I know it's crazy. Maybe it'll be a sign of things to come. Exactly. Yeah, I know one. Of, many guests. I know one of our most beloved readers is my one of my best friends, Ria. Who readers, listeners. Sorry, <laughs> readers. <laughs> I don't read. Uh, listeners is my one of my best friends, Ria, who always sends me a video of her doing a dance to the theme song. I love it. Love. I love that every week. You know, so maybe we she'll come get, on one day. Well, we should get her on because she loves the craze. She, she does. The, she's obsessed with the cray case. So she, we should get her on. She could give us a craze moment. She could. She could give us a true craze moment. Um, really? Anyway, it's the first of June, right? No, oh, it, it, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> keep, 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 keep. <laughs> Keep the mystery alive. We may be... It, this this, it, this will go out on the 1st of June, which is the start of Pride Month. Oh, happy days. Yay, gay. Yay. 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 Happy Pride Month. I, I thought it was July. No, Pride Month is June because it falls in the same month that the Stonewall riots happened. Oh, right. Okay, of course. Of course. And I will be doing an episode on the life and death of Marsha P. Johnson towards the end of the month near the anniversary. Looking forward to that. Of Stonewall. So that's going to be very interesting. Nice. So what have you done this week? Anything fun? Absolutely nothing. No? Sat out in the I'm sun a bit? Thi- no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I've done. Um, What have I done? What have I done? I don't think I watched anything. I watched Cruella at the weekend. Was it any good? Yeah, it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But they didn't really explain why she wants to skin puppies. She's just an evil bitch, really. But she's not, though. That's the thing. She's it's it's very you know like wicked. Like she's right, not really right, right. evil. She's just misunderstood. Humanizing the monster. Yeah, yeah. But then they give no explanations to why she wants to skin all these dogs. Nice. But the fashion is perfection and. What's her chops? Emma Stone is is actually really good and doesn't break her English accent once. Nice. Not once. I watched, I started watching, I'm on episode three of um, Q Into the Storm. Yeah. So the HBO documentary about QAnon. Nice. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's like that hot, oh my God. I, at some point, I feel like I, I want to do an episode on like... Um, I how how do, how do we spin it? Maybe maybe we do an episode on Jelaine Maxwell. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, I mean, we could. 
I mean, she is a. a she didn't murder anybody as far as I know, but she is a sus, a she sus is, character. So to say the least. We could definitely we could definitely do one on her. It's Indeed. just hella interesting, like the whole yeah. QAnon, yeah. QAnon stuff, Pizzagate, all of that all that stuff. Is it's, the adrenochrome stuff in there as well? Yeah, yeah, because that's a whole big part of it. Like that's the whole So, so it's th- basically this guy is going around like trying to like find out who Q is. Right. Um so yeah, for anyone good. who doesn't know, adrenochrome is apparently something that's created in the adrenal gland of young children yeah. and celebrities are killing children and taking the adrenochrome from them to make them look younger. Yeah, it's like Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And <laughs> I just like to say it's not true. Allegedly. This is, this is what, you know, but they, they, you know, they like to talk about it's Hillary Clinton and all these other people that yeah. are... Like drinking, drinking the blood of yeah. children, yeah. which is it's very um, satanic, panicky. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're you're doing a video on YouTube about that soon, aren't you? I am. That was yeah. a nice plug there. You did that I on know. purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still haven't finished finished it. So Speaking of terrible things like that plug just then, do you know what I realised? This isn't very topical, but I wrote it down. I talk, I want to talk about it because I think it's such a big thing, right? I love that you're writing stuff down. You're like, oh, this is a good one. I this do. I, I Throughout the week, I make notes of things I want to talk about. Nice. Otherwise, I'll forget them. I love that. So at the weekend, I watched 12 Years a Slave. Oh. Never seen it, but... Mm. I'm watching Blackish and they mentioned it. They've mentioned it quite a few times and I was like, I'm going to watch it. Harrowing and fucking, you know. I watched it in the cinema, I think. Oh my God, no. It was, it's it's very harrowing. Um, but a, um, an important film and it's very well made and deserved all the awards that it got. Steve McQueen, isn't it? Steve McQueen, yeah. yeah. Um, and Lupita Nyong'o in it is amazing as well. Do you know who isn't amazing in it? And it really bugs me. And I think this person is such a bad actor and has only got where they are by their looks. Home. Brad Pitt. Home. Yeah. Brad Pitt. He's really, he really ain't a great actor. Tell me a film you watched where you went, oh my God, Brad Pitt was astonishing in that. Brad, Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt knocked it out Brad of the park. Brad Pitt is the Meryl Streep of straight men acting, you know? Tell me yeah. that movie, because I don't know one. I, I, I can't. I get it. Everyone's like, oh my God, but him and Thelma and Louise. Yeah, he's there because he's good looking. Oh right? yeah, but he's, he's not a great performance. It's like... No. It's like, it's the same like thing. like seven, it's not a great, great... No. Like, but then I don't like David Fincher, so I'm not going to go down... Has he ever won an Oscar or anything? I don't know. Should I Google it? I'll be very yeah, fucking surprised. Maybe he did go for on. Benjamin Button. Go on. I'd be very surprised because like... Yeah, the last he... film I watched with him in was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is like the world's most disappointing film. He has won four acting Oscars. You're kidding me. I am not. Maybe we just haven't watched enough Brad Pitt films. I've watched plenty of Brad Brad, Brad Pitt films. What are <laughs> Brad, what Brad Pitt films about? Blah, blah. <laughs> Brad Pitt films. Brad Pitt. Meet Joe Black. Meh. Awful. Um, Film and Louise. Um... Interview with a Vampire, terrible. Oh, no, that's a dank film. That film is dank, but he's terrible in it. I can't believe I just said dank. Lol, dank names. He is terrible in everything I've ever watched. And I was watching... It's the same as Keanu Reeves, right? Keanu Reeves is a terrible actor. He's yeah, so... Yeah, he's, ve- he's a bit one note. Now, do you know who is so a really bad. good actor? Who? 
Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is not a good actor. Dude, this is where you're wrong. Like, Nicolas Cage, in my opinion, is one of the world's most underrated actors. Okay, hold on, let me because rephrase people that. Think, people think he's really bad because people are like, oh, they, they pick up on like his performance in The Wicker Man where he's like, not the bees yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But his performances in so many other movies are just absolutely solid. Like, I mean, Con Air, let's Co- just, you know. Con Air is an absolute legendary film, but like absolute Wild at Heart, yeah. Raising Arizona. Honeymoon in Vegas, Mandy, is he in that one? I've seen Honeymoon in Vegas. I did like that, actually. Yeah, it's got Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker, Parker in it, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, he was in... Uh, what was he in with um, Cher? Was he in Moonstruck? Schnapp Moonstruck, yeah. Yeah. Moonstruck. She won the Oscar for Moonstruck. Because of Nick Cage, I bet. No, because of her acting talents. <laughs> yeah, I just... I just think he's great. He's great. He's a great... Oh, Leaving Las Vegas. He's brilliant in Leaving Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas. he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Like, but there are loads of actors and things that have made it where they are that are just like... I don't know. Like, why is Brad Pitt so famous? Because he's attractive. I've never... I've never found Brad Pitt attractive. Also, neither has Shania Twain. Do you not remember the song? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, that don't impress me much. Do you know she wrote that song about the Brad Pitt? So you're Brad Pitt after she saw his nudes leak because she was like, "Yeah, ain't got a very big knob." What? Come on, Shania. Shania. Who knew Shania Twain was a size queen? Christ Almighty! Do you know what I mean? I never knew that, but I'm glad that I do now. Now you know. Every time you hear that song, you're going to be reminded of Brad Pitt's um, manhood. Shall we say? I really am. Um. So. You know, last week I spoke about Jennifer Lopez. You did. And you know I love Jennifer Lopez and how she was back, she's been seen with Ben Affleck, blah, blah, blah. Guess yeah. guess who she was seen with this week? Who? Mark Anthony. I Didn't I say Mark Anthony on the last podcast? You did, but you were like, I thought she was married to Mark Anthony. You thought well, she was still married. But she's doing like, like in fucking... In she's f- doing like, um, like uh, the guy out of High Fidelity. Or... You know, I- where he goes around and he's like... I mean, finding his exes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to liken it to um, 30 Rock when Liz Lemon does the same, but sure. The same, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, why is she doing round and going and visiting all these exes? Weird. Apparently, like, it was so funny because Puff Daddy posted like a picture of him and her when they were dating on Instagram and put TBT and everyone was like, lol, P. Puff Diddy. Daddy. Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Sean Combs, you know him. I just want to say, um, if anybody hears like random background noise, it's absolutely roasting right now. It's it is like, so hot. It's like 25 degrees or whatever. So I'm, I'm having to have all of my windows open. So if you hear just like random music, screaming, mm-hmm. fucking cats, mm-hmm. whatever. Foxes making love, usually. Yeah. <laughs> Foxes making love in the in the burning sun. Oh my God, yeah. sounds like the dream. <laughs> Living the absolute dream of those fox eyes. Yeah, I've, I've literally like where I'm sat at my desk, the sun is like burning my face. Right yeah, now, I'm so. I'm very I'm very um very clammy when it shall we say yeah definitely. clammy when it. Um, so you actually have an update for us on the um Laurie Vallow and Chad Daybell case, don't you? I do, and it's good. Well, it was good news, and right. then it kind of all went a little bit weird. Okay. So basically, um, they got charged. Yeah. With, uh, fa- I think it's first degree murder. Mm-hmm. So the charges are for Laurie and Chad, there's conspiracy to commit um, first degree murder mm-hmm. and a first degree murder charge for both um, Tylee and JJ. And there's a uh, conspiracy 
to commit first degree murder charge in the death of Tammy Daybell for both of them. Yes. And then Chad has also individually been charged with first degree murder in the death of his wife, Tammy Daybell. And there was an insurance fraud claim as well that was related to the life insurance policy that he had on Tammy Daybell. Mm. So that was like really good news. People were really like hyped up being like finally like some justice. Absolutely, yeah. I remember then, when you I remember when you messaged me, I was like, Yes, justice for Tammy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um Laurie got declared not fit for trial. Oh. Why? So she had a um cycle so it says from what I'm reading, it says back in eighth of March, mm. Laurie's fitness to proceed in the trial was drawn into question by her counsel. After a psychological assessment, the court determined at this time the defendant is not competent to proceed and they recommend restorative treatment. I mean now I'm just gonna say, you know, this is a personal opinion. Yeah. But this is somebody who was kind of gallivanting all over Kauai. Absolutely. And this is somebody who who, you know, is clearly she's clearly not been mentally well for a very no, long time. No. But she managed to kind of pass all of the do you remember when they did a well um not a wellness check, but they did like a mental health hold on Absolutely, her. Absolutely, yeah. And she passed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, I don't know, there's rumblings that it could be, you know, something that's manipulated. Obviously, we don't know. No, We're not there. We're no. not there with them. But it's, you know, mm. it's frustrating because I just think, Very like, frustrating. I mean, she clearly isn't mentally well because no. of what she's... Like, nobody in their right mind, like, would ever think of doing the things that she has been charged with now. But then but I, like, I, I kind of... I, I have this opinion about the whole not fit for trial, mentally fit for trial thing. Yeah. Because you were mentally fit to do what you, to commit those crimes. Yeah. You know? I think... Don't like, get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are very, there are circumstances when, you know, taking someone to trial would mentally destroy them and it yeah. wouldn't be fair on that person. I get yeah. that. But I obviously don't know the ins and outs of, of, of Laurie Vallow's mental well-being and mental state but from an outsider looking in as my opinion is that seems sus yeah i mean a lot of people are also saying like they that potentially they're just trying to be like really cautious to make sure that if she is eventually convicted that it's not overturned in any way yeah so like if they convict her of any of these charges and then she kind of then she gets like proven mentally unfit or something like that um yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's strange, you know, because I think that it's very possible that she's not mentally fit to stand trial, purely because of, like, what she has been charged with doing. But it's, mm. it, yeah, it's, it's hard. So, again, with that case, waiting to see how it plays out. Absolutely. Well, mm. I'm just glad that charges have been brought for the murder. Yeah, yeah of, that's definitely a positive development. Yeah, for the murder of Tylee, JJ and Tammy, because mm-hmm. they, obviously, because they exhumed Tammy's body, didn't they? So they must have, you know, found something yeah. suspect. And I think they were also, they were also, um talks of potentially stuff being bought um around charles as well because you remember charles charles's death was never charged Mm, as anything mm. um because obviously we know that alex cox murdered him yeah but they they're saying that you know alex cox had involvement in these murders as well it's all all very complicated yeah 
Um, but we will keep we will keep an eye on it. Absolutely, we will keep you all updated. Exactly. I sound like a newsreader. We you will do. keep you all updated in due course. You do. You now do. it's Emily with the weather. Um, so this hot. <sighs> very hot. Hot. Um, so this week's. Um, can I just say one thing? I'm very proud of myself. I've made it through this entire intro and I haven't been sexual once. I am so proud of you. Proud of you, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm doing the telling the story this week, and I'm just going to pre-warn you guys: it's grim as fuck. Oh great! It's we were talking. Me and Emily were talking the other day, and we we were like, it's been a while since we've done like a grim one, you know, a proper, you know, fucked up one. So I just I've decided this week. To do a fucked up one, and this is the story of the Scissor Sisters, Linda and Charlotte Mulhall. Nice. And I didn't choose it just because Scissor Sisters are my favourite band. Are you going to react to that or? Oh, (laughs) 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 we're so in sync with each other, guys. You see. I wasn't sure where I wasn't sure where I was supposed to respond. Have a sing. Let's have a. Sister sisters, please don't edit that out because that's. I will not. Sister sisters, get in touch with me. I'm your number one fan. Let's get the band back together, please. Thank you. Nice. Moving on. So yeah, you're very very upbeat for saying that this is an absolutely grim case. It's it's you know it's very grim, but you know I'm trying to keep you know because I'm trying to keep it light at the beginning because it's going to go down and it's going to go downhill fast. Oh great. Okay. So I I R I P my mental health. So I found out about this story actually at a Scissor Sisters gig. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Scissor Sisters at, it was at Wembley Arena years ago from when their right. second album came out. And they were talking about how there was a story. They'd just done a show in Ireland. And there was a story in the paper of a two girls that had murdered someone called the Scissor Sisters. That was okay. the name that they were given by the media. And they talked about it at a concert, whatever. So I did some research and I found it really interesting. And then I was thinking of um, story a story to do this week and I remembered this story. And I also watched a documentary called Ireland's Most Shocking Crimes. Sounds great. The Scissor Sisters. It was just, it was, I love an Irish brogue. So everyone was talking like proper Irish. Like they went down to there and they did that and they did this. So not like that then. So not, no, no, I guess <laughs> not. I thought that was pretty good. Any Everyone from Ireland listening, I apologise. Yeah. Anyway, you just offended an entire country, but it's fine. I have not. My Irish accent is great. And also I love Colin Farrell. All right. Nice. And and Bewitched. Celebi. Nice. So I'll start the story now. So in March 2005, a passerby was walking along the Royal Canal in Dublin and they spotted a severed leg floating in the water. A severed leg? A severed leg. We've already started off. I told you. I told you it was grim. Started off on the right foot. Also, everything I watched, I don't know why this is included, with like wearing a sock. Just. So nice. a severed leg wearing a sock. And upon investigation, police discovered that the severed leg and seven other body parts found in the water belonged to a 38-year-old man called Farah Swale Noor. So Farah moved to Ireland, Dublin, in 1996 and claimed that he had flown from war-torn Somalia after his wife and children had been murdered. But this turned out to be untrue, and he was actually from Kenya, and his wife and children were still very much alive. Now, it's been stated that Farah was a drug user and drinker, and he had some relationships with underage girls. He even nice. got he even got some of them pregnant. Oh, nice. Yeah. And these relationships are often very violent also. So, 
that's the kind of person that Farah is, was. He sounds like a lovely, lovely human being. He sounds like a great guy. Mm. Um, so in 2003, Farah became involved with a woman called Kathleen Mulhall. Now, their relationship was very violent and they'd often have fights. In one fight, he broke both of her wrists and she was hospitalised several times after oh, physical Jesus. arguments with Farah. Yeah, so a very tumultuous relationship. Lord almighty. So when Farah and Kathleen started dating, she was actually still married to her husband, John, right? And after a few weeks of being together, Kathleen moved, moved Farah into the family home. Okay. With her husband and her children. So, from what I can surmise, she was separated from her husband, but she had this new boyfriend and she moved him into the family house. Right. So, obviously, there, there was a divide in the family, understandably. Yeah. Yeah, as you can understand. Mm-hmm. Now, John and Kathleen had six children. and That's a lot of kids. <laughs> a lot, a lot of kids. Um, and they basically, they had a very chaotic upbringing and it's reported that they suffered a lot of abuse growing up. Um, and Kathleen and John were frequent drug users, including heroin, and they drank oh, a lot dear. as well. Yeah, And they were very open with it in the family home, so the kids were right. very often subjected to it. Um, what, in, what, the children were seeing it? And... The children were seeing it, yeah. They, they, they would just, you know, from what's been said, they would just walk around the house doing drugs, being drunk, like, regularly. Nice. And they had a very... Uh, Kathleen and John had a very violent relationship and mm-hmm. this this was throughout their marriage. So it's something that the children grew up seeing, a lot of violence in the home. And basically a lot of stuff that kids just shouldn't see, you know? Yeah. So it was a very chaotic upbringing. So they had, so there were six Mulhall, Mul, oh, Mulhall children. Okay. Most of whom tried to get out of the situation they were in and basically estranged themselves from their parents. Um, and tried to get away from the abusive atmosphere that they grew up in. However, two of the Mulhall children, Linda and Charlotte, maintained a strong bond with their mother. Okay. Right? So, Linda and Charlotte were, like, really close to their mum. They basically kind of saw her as a friend as opposed to a mother figure. So, on the 20th of March 2005, Linda and Charlotte invited Kathleen and Farrah to join them in town for a drink. Okay. And this documentary was, like... But they didn't go to any bar. They bought a bottle of vodka and drank it on the street. Like they were talking really? about how they were talking about how salacious that was, and I was like, that was like, <laughs> I do that all the time. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of like street drinking or park drinking versus I love, pub drinking. Literally, when me and my friend Josh go to a gig, well, BC before COVID, um, <laughs> when we go to a gig, we would literally turn up to the gig and like two hours before it's, before the the main act was on and get pissed in the street around the corner. Absolutely, that's what you do. It's just a like the british thing it's got to be done anyway everybody does so the drinking then turned into drug taking right as kathleen linda and charlotte both took some ecstasy and as well like in the in the uh, documentary i watched the islands um islands worst criminals or worst crimes whatever uh the, the woman narrating was like she um when when kathleen saw her daughters taking drugs she did the opposite of what any good mother would do she joined in i was like oh "Oh, dear it sounds like a very salacious documentary that you watched it was it it was very like um obviously i i've only taken out the facts haven't taken out the salaciousness haven't included any of the you know the bias and prejudice towards people drinking on the street and people doing drugs (laughs) so i've cut all that out Good lord. Anyway, so 
they then decided what they would do is go back home and continue the party as you do. Of course. As you do. These are things that people do, right? Now, once they were back at Farah's apartment, so they went back to Farah's apartment, Farah wasn't doing any drugs, right? Right. But Kathleen, Linda and Charlotte were all buzzing on ecstasy, right? So Kathleen crushed up an ex- ecstasy tablet and snuck it into Farah's drink because obviously she wanted them all to be, you know, she was probably like, he's killing the vibe. He's a buzzkill, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's, you know, and I do not condone that. If someone's a buzzkill, let them be a buzzkill. Don't put drugs in their drink. Like, no, absolutely not. Or if they're being a buzzkill, fucking kick them out. Like, go home. You bought, you're killing the vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, or just, I don't know. The, these, these, the, I don't trust these lasses anyway. <laughs> Definitely don't. Anyway, so Kathleen crushed up a bit of an extra tablet, put it in her boyfriend Farrah's drink, and he then decided to come on to Kathleen's daughter, Linda. Oh, my God. What the hell is going on in this place? This is wild. So he was like next to the couch and he kept putting her arm around her and stuff. And Linda was just like ignoring it. But Charlotte, her sister, was like really upset and just be like, you need to stop that. And Kathleen was like, seriously, seriously, dude, stop. Like, stop putting your arm around my daughter. Stop trying to come on to my daughter. Mm-hmm. So then what Farrah did was, so he was then alone in the room with um, Linda. And he slid, on, slid up to her on the sofa and he tried to rape her. My God. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it just gets it gets hell of a lot worse. Just pre warning. Oh, um, this episode should come with a trigger warning. Trigger Jesus. warning. Anyway, so he tries to rape her, but she is like screaming, whatever. So Kathleen then runs in. Obviously, sees her boyfriend trying to have sex with her daughter, and then she starts like attacking him. And what Farrah does is Farrah hits Kathleen. And she, like, falls to the floor. And she's screaming, saying, help, help, he's going to kill me. So then Charlotte, Kathleen's daughter, comes running into the room with a bread knife. I could just hear you inhale then. I'm just like... Mm. And slits Farrah's throat. Right? Okay. So she slits his throat and stabs him repeatedly. Right? Right. So Farrah then backs away, obviously trying to get away to from what's happening, into one of the bedrooms and hits his head on the corner of a bunk bed, knocking himself unconscious. Okay. I hate, I just hate blunt force trauma to the head. Yeah, it's not great. Oh, it's something about that. Even just, even when I think about like falling over and hitting my head, I don't know what it is about mm. it. It just makes it just makes me feel very ill at ease. Do you know Carry what? On. Do you know what makes me feel like? It, obviously, it's no way near as bad as blunt force trauma. Like grit in a knee, oh, like grit. You know when you fall over and you get like grit in your knee and you're like, oh yeah, and it gets all crumbly and crunchy. Oh my god, yeah, the vibe, the vibe yeah. is not a vibe I want to be involved in. Absolutely not. Carry a- on. Anyway, so Farrah backs in. So the room hits his head on the bunk bed, falls on the floor, knocks on torture, knocks himself unconscious. Okay. Linda then comes into the bedroom and starts hitting Farrah in the head with a hammer. Oh no. <laughs> Even more blunt for sure. It's said that Linda had hit him so hard that there were hammer marks on the floor. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> what? We don't need those details. My my head doesn't need that detail. I apologise, but I told you it was grim. Yeah, this is gr- very grim. So anyway. I'm the worst true crime podcaster in the world. I get so easily <laughs> Please fucking, stop. Like, I get so triggered by this. Don't get triggered. 
you, Emily you starts it. a true crime podcast with her best friend. Emily also <laughs> has her toes curl every podcast. <laughs> every I See, can't handle it. I, I'm one of the way I kind of like it. I, I, I like to skate a thin line because I le- I've left out some details. Trust me, I've left yeah. out some details. Good. So I like to skate a thin line between, oh my God, that's so too much. And oh my God, that is information that is important to the story. Yeah. Anyway, so Linda's hitting him and Charlotte is stabbing him. Do you want me to tell you how how bad the stabbing was? No. Okay. (laughs) Don't. All right. She did it 27 times, right? Okay. But I won't tell you because this, I mean... Emily, if you want to put your fingers in your ears, I'm going to share Actually, it with you. Actually, I'm going to take my headphones off for a second. You can tell the people that are listening the, the details. Go okay, on. if you don't want to hear the gross details, just skip forward like 10 seconds. So the stabbing had been so savage that Farah suffered two punctured lungs and a severed kidney. Emily, you can come back. I'm so glad that I didn't hear any of that. Yeah. Anyway, so Farah was dead um, and Linda and Charlotte then moved his body from the bathroom it's moved his body into the bathroom and dismem- right. and dismembered him. Oh my god! I told you. So during the but, the, but like I mean, oh, I get that he tried to rape somebody. Mm, mm. I understand that. So yeah. so I get I get self defence. Yeah. I even get stabbing him. Yeah. Right. I get like anything that kind of like renders him not able to do what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But like that level. But, how, how does it go from how does it go from like where it's at to to then going escalating to that level? But you have to think about it. They're they're drunk and they have taken a lot of drugs. Yeah, but I've been drunk and on drugs plenty of bloody times. And let me tell you, I've never no. But you've maybe about... ne- but you've not necessarily been in that situation. And also, you also kind of have to think about the. I'm not blaming at all whatsoever, but you know they they've witnessed violence their whole life. They've been so you don't really know how what their mindset was at the time. Well, you know yeah, their mindset yeah. was like I want to kill this man, but you don't really know because yeah, the mindset you know, isn't going to be good. And I guess no. you know if he's somebody that has tried to sexually assault somebody, tried to rape somebody, then mm-hmm. I don't have much sympathy. No, but I'm also like it's the level of brutality. Yeah, there's self defense, mm-hmm. and then there is like brutal, cold blooded. Yeah, yeah, like murder. Yeah, yeah. It's Carry awful. on. So during this time when they're in the bathroom, Kathleen had stated to her daughters that Farah had previously raped her. Right. To which her daughter Linda replied, well, he won't rape anyone again and then cut off his genitals. Okay. So the girls also decapitated Farah, which something which Linda mentioned later, saying that she had to cover his face with a towel because she couldn't stand him looking at her. But why did they do... Why did they do that? I have no clue. Like, basically, they... Because, again, I understand. Like, if this person is a rapist, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up to a point. But but that... I think that... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, that's that's what made... It's because this was this story was like a media storm in Ireland. It was right. like it was crazy. It was everywhere. And I think the reason that's the reason that made it so um, big is because of what they did after killing him. Yeah, but it's like it, it. But that it shows like that it goes beyond the self defense. Kind oh of yeah, thing. it does because like if if say for example if they'd killed like him, it's, it 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 goes into like grotesque. Absolutely, brutal, absolutely. Beyond anything that that could ever, yeah, you know, because yeah. they 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 could have called they after they'd killed him, they could have called they could have been like shit. 
this is such a mistake that we've made. We've accidentally, you know, we've killed him in self-defense. Exactly. Let's call the police. But but they didn't. They they went to the route of dismembering him, basically. So the sisters came up with a plan to dump the body in the Royal Canal, which apparently is not a very secluded canal. It's like dumping it in the Thames. Right. Like that's how like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. So a lot of people go past her every day. So they had to make several trips back and forth to the canal. And then once they dumped the body, they returned back to his apartment and cleaned it to get rid of any evidence. Right. They then put Farah's head into a rucksack and took the bus to a place called Tala, where they walked through a shopping centre. Jesus. To a park, then buried his head by a bench. The fuck? Apparently they were like arguing, like they were arguing about where where they were going to do it. And then they were apparently they were drunk as well and or on drugs. This is what this is apparently. Um, and they were arguing, and then one of the sisters like fell to the ground and then just started digging by this bench, and then they, you know, buried him in there. Christ Almighty! Yeah, and it said that they said that um, after a few days after Linda went back to remove the head and took to take it somewhere else. Um, so it was 10 days later after the murder when a passerby discovered the leg in the canal. But before this passerby reported the leg in the canal, several people had noticed body parts floating in the river, but just assumed they were parts from a discarded mannequin. Oh my God. I'm sorry, but if I saw any kind of body part in a river, I would not be like, mannequin. I'd be like, right, police, hello. Yeah, there I mean, a... I think you can tell the difference. Although to be fair, you might not be able to tell the difference because A, it's been dead for a while. And it's water. And it could look, there's been no blood on it or anything like that. And it's Weird. water, it's water. I don't think you'd be able to tell. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's so weird. So once the body was removed from the water, the coroner was able to decipher that the head and genitals were missing. So the police were able to identify Farah as they basically put out a poster, you know, being like, this person was murdered. Like, if you have any information about who he is, blah, blah, blah. They didn't put a picture of him, but they basically like um put details of what he's wearing and then a friend remembered that he'd seen him wearing that top that day right. in town right. um so basically what they did was they tracked down his ex-wife and they um got a dna sample from his son and that's how they notified um that's how they identified the body as farah right so charlotte and linda had basically told two of their brothers about what had happened Right. And feeling really sorry for their mother, the boys contacted the police to let them know that they knew who had killed Farah. Okay. Right? But apparently the boys were really not forthcoming. They were just like, we know who killed her, him. Yeah. And the police were like, who was it? They were like, we're not saying, we're not saying, blah, blah, blah. So the police, the police kind of like put two and two together and people had seen him out with the girls that day in town, etc. So they were able to investigate down that avenue. So right. they went to investigate at Farah's apartment and when they got there, the carpet had been replaced and the walls had all been painted over. Oh, jeez. Right? The police said that the crime scene was so clean that the only place that they found blood evidence was between the floorboards. Right. So they'd basically gone and they'd scrubbed that house so clean. Meticulous. Meticulous. That apparently they bleached it. And the only place they could find blood evidence was basically places that they couldn't reach. 
Right. And then apparently this was the first time in Ireland they'd used, I can't remember what it is, is it linalol or something? You know, that stuff that they put over surfaces to see if blood had been there previously. Oh, the thing that they spray? Yeah, to see if blood had been there before. And apparently the bathroom was just like... Lit up. Lit up, yeah, Yeah. basically, apparently. Um, So Linda was struggling really bad with with what, what they'd done basically and she was having but that's the thing because they didn't it wasn't just like a self defense it wasn't just like a thing of like okay this guy is obviously a piece of shit mm-hmm. and has obviously tried to rape somebody yeah. so we've killed him in self defense mm. like that you can you can kind of you can get behind right yeah but it's like the like the the dismembering the cutting yeah. off the body parts yeah. burying a head like that is mm. some of the most brutal stuff that you could do so like I mean, I mean, I can't even imagine what your psyche is like after at, doing that. Well, at the time of the murder, two, I think it was two of their brothers were in prison. Right. So you don't know if they, what stories they'd heard from their brothers about being in prison and, you know, maybe they were like, we, we can't go to prison for this, you know? Yeah. yeah. You just don't know what their mindset was. So I just looked up Farrell mm-hmm. and he also um, raped a... Um, 16 year old with a mental disability yeah they they had a child he is he he was trash he was absolutely awful like she that yeah there's oh god i mean if you think about it from from linda's perspective obviously i'm not condoning what she did whatsoever but she's been experienced she's experienced her mum have a life of violence towards her and this new man has come in and he's still i I think they were together for a few years about a couple of years so she's seen her mum be subjected to the violence from farrah for several years so i guess they they both have witnessed it and they've both just kind of snapped but yeah linda and she and and linda was also in a relationship like a really abusive relationship yeah yeah, she was she was with the guy beforehand she wasn't abusive beat the children yeah, so she's got, she's, you know, got a lot of, like, yeah. um, emotional um, connection to it. Because yeah. it's something she's experienced, something that she's witnessed her mother experience for years. Yeah. You know. Um, but she didn't cope well with what happened. And um, she agreed to go and visit the police and talk to them. But on the day she was supposed to do it, she was in hospital because she'd tried to take her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a few days later she went back and basically what she said to them is that she'd been coping with drugs and alcohol you know hadn't been coping well and she basically um, laid, laid laid it all out what what happening she confessed to the crimes yeah um, she told the police everything they said that the police said that during the interview she was very emotional and kind of seemed really remorseful for what she'd done. Right. And she was really worried about her children, like looking at like what's going to happen to my children. I'm really worried for my children. Um, But Charlotte was not as forthcoming Mm -hmm. and said that Linda was lying, made it all up. And it was Kathleen who had killed Farrah. So they were saying that her mum had killed Farrah. Right. Right. But eventually she, you know, she come round and she admitted everything and corroborated Linda's story. Okay. Now, at this time, Kathleen, so the mother of the children who had basically just murdered a man yeah. because he was abusive to her, yeah, cut all ties of her children after the event and fled to England. Just f- picked up, left, left right. the country. Right. So she obviously, they were unable to bring, you know, bring her to trial for anything at that time. So Linda and Charlotte were both charged with murder, but both pleaded not guilty. 
And after the trial, the jury deliberated for... They, they thought the jury was going to deliberate for, like, two hours and be done, but they actually deliberated for days. Right, OK. And then by the end of it, Charlotte was found guilty of murder. Um, so Charlotte's the the one who instigated it with the bread mm-hmm, knife. and mm-hmm. She was found guilty of murder and received a life sentence. And Linda was found guilty of manslaughter and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. And I heard that their, um, their dad took his own life after yeah. they got... Um, charged with the murder as well yeah in december he he left a note written on the back of a 50 euro note which said you know that he can't cope with what had happened so yeah kathleen the mother returned to ireland in 2008 Mm -hmm. um basically she returned because she was going to be um extra extradited right so she returned and was charged for her part in the crime and was sentenced to five years in prison Okay. And to this day, Farah's head and genitals were never recovered. Jesus Christ. Yep. I told you it was dark. That's wild. It's absolutely wild. Isn't it? Isn't it? Mm, It's it's really dark. It's very dark. It's, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't really know how I feel about, about it. Yeah, it's one of those tough ones, isn't it? Because... It, if like like we said, if if it had been a case of they killed him, it was self defence. They killed him and then I don't know, dumped his whole body in the river. It would maybe be a bit. It would be different than what they actually did because it's what they actually of, did, be, yeah, what they did was beyond. It's so beyond, so macabre, so just. And I haven't gone into all the details about what happened in that bathroom, but honestly, it it was. It was, if you want to know the details, guys, literally read it or, or watch that documentary I watched. It's grim. Very... It's really intense. Very intense and very, like, how... Where, you can't blame... I'm sorry, but you can't blame it all on alcohol and drugs. No, you can't. And you can't you can't blame that all on self-defence. Self-defence, no. like we're saying. No. like Self-defence is you protect yourself to the point where you're safe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not going as far as this this, yeah. this is another kind of level of brutality Absolutely. and macabreness yeah. that is like totally unnecessary mm. because you're because from my perspective after he'd backed into the bunk bed and was unconscious yeah that's when you get up and you run and you leave exactly and you yeah. call the police and you say and oh it's my hard God. to have and it's hard to have any sympathy for somebody for him no i don't have any his, sympathy for his, him, no. yeah because of his his like he's obviously he obviously was not a good person no but then also on the flip side no one deserves to be fucking dismembered no but i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna shed any tears no not him, at all given not all, at given all. all given what other people have said about him but you know no no but it's yeah it Grim. basically it's just basically seems like a bad like the wrong people all got together at the wrong time and do you know I'm what i have mean to watch something like really light-hearted after this well we're gonna do a take a break right you've got a good take a break story is it light-hearted it is light-hearted and it involves the one and only barbara cartland barbara cartland legend yeah. barbara cartland love um, barbara we're moving straight from that awful awful story mm-hmm. to um mm-hmm. ghosts in barbara cartland's home nice okay tell me yeah. more please okay 
So um, today's take a break comes mm-hmm. from Gillian Kemp. She's from Edwardsborough in Bedfordshire. Mm-hmm. And in 19, I think it's 1985, um, she was a journalist and she interviewed Barbara Cartland for um, a health column that she was writing in a Sunday supplement. Can you just tell the listeners who, who may not know who Barbara Cartland is, just who so, Barbara Cartland is? <laughs> so Barbara Cartland is no longer with us, sadly, but she's very iconic. So she's a romance novelist. Now, I've never read any of her romance novels. But she's got a very iconic look. So she always wears like she always wore like a pink dress, mm-hmm. pearls. She had like big bouffanted uh, blonde hair, very old. She wore yeah. like blue eye shadow. Yeah. And she had um, I don't know what the dog was that she had. It was kind of like a it looked like a long haired pug. Oh, I know is that a was. thing? A what? Is that a thing? I think so. Well, I, I don't think it's a. It look, it's got like a puggy face and like long hair. Oh, it does. What is that? Oh, I have no clue. I've Googled this dog. What is it? I have no clue. I have no clue. Well, just go Google Barbara Cartland and you'll see what dog she has. Mm. And her fabulous outfits. Indeed. So Gillian goes It's a Pekingese. Sorry, it's a Pekingese. Sorry. Pekingese. Okay, cool. So um, Gillian goes to Barbara's uh, big old country mansion in Hertfordshire mm-hmm. and um, they were, she was said that she was a little bit like apprehensive before meeting her um, because like she's Barbara Cartland Obviously, and she yeah. was like, she sold up to two billion books. Wow. Um, but Gillian says that she was like super kind. They hit mm. it off straight away. Mm. And after the interview, Barbara presented her with a gold leaf from an oak tree in the grounds of like where she lived. And the tree was apparently planted by Queen Elizabeth um, the first on mm. the spot where she shot her first stag. Oh. Um, Barbara Cartland said that the leaf had been blessed by a white witch. Stephen X. Oh, right. So um, that created a bit of a, more of a bond between Gillian and Barbara right. because Gillian was actually a psychic. Oh, okay. And she offered to give um, Barbara a crystal ball reading. Or did she um, just and whoop it out of her bag? Did she just carry I a crystal so. ball around? I with think her? so. I think so. Mystic Meg. And told her fortune did that, right? Right. So then they kind of like built this relationship, this friendship. And mm. one day Barbara told her that her house was haunted. Right. And Barbara said that her dogs often see ghosts. Ooh. Now, um, Gillian says that as with many old houses, there were lots of legends of spirits running around. Mm. And Beatrix Potter, whose grandfather once owned the house, said that he saw 12 candles being snuffed out by an invisible hand. <gasps> a big hand. I know, right? Bit, what, all at once. <laughs> like, that's a massive... All at once. It's a big hand. And, and other people reported seeing a distressed ghost bride crying as she rushed through the walls in her wedding dress. Mm. Terrifying. So, years go by and she keeps regularly going back to the house um, to have tea with Barbara. Chilling with her mate just, Babs. Just going for like Sunday tea, Sunday tea with, Bar- with Babs. Just like, ch- chilling, chill- going for a bit of tea with old Babigail. <laughs> exactly. You're right, Baba. Yeah, I love it. So sadly, in May of 2000, the phone rings and Barbara's secretary's on the phone and she tells Gillian that Barbara's passed away at the age of 98. Now, that's a ripe old age. Good innings. That's that definitely good innings, that. Mm-hmm. Now, Barbara was buried under the oak tree where that gold leaf had come from. In her back garden. In her back garden. Right. Gillian missed her so 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 much and mm. she stayed friends with um one of barbara's sons called ian 
And every October, Ian invited her to a Halloween party at the house. Mm -hmm. In 2010, she went along as usual. And after the party, Ian led her to a converted outbuilding in the grounds where a bed had been made up for her. And he said, if the ghosts appear, you know how to handle them, darling, don't you? Oh, my God. If so, literally, <laughs> no, go home. Gillian, go home. <laughs> so she, she said yes, and she assumed that he was joking. Now, when Ian went back to the house, she switched off the light and she got into bed. And she said suddenly the atmosphere turned very strange and <sighs> frightening. Ghostly white shadows appeared and started swirling around Ian hadn't been joking, apparently. <gasps> she was with a Yorkshire Terrier at the time called Rosie. Um, and it climbed onto the bed and it was like super protective yeah. around her. What, a Yorkshire and, Terrier? Yeah. And, and Gillian says that she could see the dog's head like moving um, and like w watching the shapes like as they were going around the room. Yeah. And she was so scared. To, she didn't turn on the light. She just like laid there and waited for the ghosts to materialise. <laughs> As one does. Exactly. So she says, after what seemed like hours, the spirits were just still just pale shadows. And she thought, this is crazy. I need to sleep. So she much, hold, on, hold on. How much did she drink at this Halloween party? We don't know. Did someone spike the punch? On. We don't know what's going on at this Halloween party. So she said, I need to just go to sleep. She closed her eyes. And then as soon as she closed her eyes, a girl's voice says, look, she's going to sleep now. <sighs> No, no, so I she, couldn't. No she way. She like bolts up and she's like, what do you want? And then the ghost is like, my name is Annie. I was a milkmaid. My life is poor. So um, and she basically said like, Annie must have been like a trapped spirit somewhere. So Gillian recites the Lord's Prayer. As one does. And apparently the atmosphere lightened okay. and pale shapes disappeared and she drifts off to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. Now at dawn, she wakes up with a start... And she finds the spirit of a man looking at her through the window. <gasps> she said that he had a thin face and shoulder-length scruffy hair and was dressed in wood in woodman clothes. What's woodman clothes? Woodman? Never heard of it. A man oh, no, sorry. Woodman's clothes. <laughs> woodman's clothes. <laughs> woodman's clothes. A man who's from the woods. I just can't read. A woodman. Um, and then apparently he just vanished, right? So she gets dressed and she sits on the bed with the door open until two members of staff comes along. And she then starts to ask them history about the outbuilding. And they tell her that it was a cow barn. Right. So she remembers. She goes back. She's like, oh, my God, there was a milkmaid in there last night. There was. And then she said, then she goes up to Ian. She's like, you weren't joking about the ghost, weren't you? And he's like, no, the place is absolutely riddled with him, like full of him. And, and, he let, he, and he let her stay there. <laughs> and then he tells her that Barbara had once had the place exercised. Right. And um, he said that it just made things worse. Great. So then she says, she asked him, like, did Barbara see ghosts? And um, he says that she saw the spirit of a man looking in through the windows. Oh, my God. I know, right? Mm. So... She's like, whatever. She Then she says that she's gone back to um, the house many times since that Halloween, but she's actually never seen the spirits again. And the staff at the house say that they smell Barbara's perfume to this day and they think that her spirit is still in there. Oh, that's lovely. I know, right? So, and, But she's, she finishes off the story by just saying that she'll never forget her scary night in the grounds of Barbara's haunted house. And she'll never forget her lovely friend, Barbara Cartland. Oh, that is glorious. I know, right? I'm sad that she never saw Gar Barbara's ghost. I'm sad, but you know, they can smell her perfume. They so can smell her I perfume. I feel like that's something. I love the smell of colon. We do. 
<laughs> that was a good one. I like that one. I like that one as that well. That was fun. That was yeah. fun. From from such a hor- horrific... Oh, someone's on a motorbike. I know. Um, sorry. I'm so sorry about the ambient. Summer ambient. So let's ride. Let's ride. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Vroom, vroom by Charlie XCX. Now available on iTunes. Um, Is that the song that's like with that Versailles run? I don't know. It, on TikTok. I don't know. It just goes, let's ride, let's ride. Boom, but you know boom, that boom. trend that's like the, 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 when you're running through the palace with that filter on on TikTok? No, isn't that Nicki Minaj? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. That's um, I apologise to everyone. Those lyrics are not the correct lyrics and I don't know what they're called. Or it's or it's um the song that's like the the remix of that short dick man where it's just the laughing bit. Oh, short! I love short dick man. Don't want no short dick man. Eeny weeny teeny weeny shriveled little short dick man. Banger, nice. banger. <laughs> it's like there's another song that's similar to that. Me and my friend used to listen to it at work. Um, it's by an artist called Princess Die, right? Right. And it goes, let me tell you, whose dick is this? I want to oh, know I whose dick is this. I remember you playing me this. <laughs> whose dick is this by Princess Di? Banger. Banger, truly. So I'm very excited about next week. Me too, me too. And our John Bonet special. Our John Bonet special. Very See, thing, I don't Sammy. know much about John Bonet Ramsey, and I know that um, Sammy won't give their like their opinion on like who done it. Purely because, well, purely because um, people are quite litigious. Oh, really? Yeah, so you've got to be careful. Got to be careful. Can I just literally say, we all know who done it? Well, I think that... I think my my mind's going to be blown. I think Sammy is going to blow it out of the water. I think that they will. They're literally going to come in here and steal the show and everyone's (laughs) going to be like, can Sammy be on every week? And I'm going to be like, no, (laughs) because it's my show. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Your show. It's our me, show. I've got 50,000 followers on TikTok now, so... Yeah, well, I've got 43, okay? It's it's not about quantity, it's about quality, all right? That's very true. That no, I'm true. kidding. It's not really. It's all about quantity when it comes to things like that, isn't it? That is, that's also true. Well, I will say this has been wonderful. Um, yeah. And I urge everybody to go and listen to Scissor Sisters, the band, because they are the greatest band ever... Um, some recommendations real quick just some quick recommendations oh Christ. Um, just quickly Invisible Light banger um, She's My Man banger and Mary classic also the classics like Filthy Good anyway I'm going on to a tangent this is a sister's tangent you are a little I love them so much anyway I need to go I need to go watch something that's like nice and calming and, and zen what are you going to watch what are you going to watch I don't know I don't know I'll probably just like spend like four hours just looking at tiktok 100% do it all the time like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie to myself and say i'll sit down and i'll watch a, a three-part tv special or i'll watch a film i will literally just watch like five hours of tiktok mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's my life. like when you messaged me the other day but i was like oh what have you been up to you were like i've just spent three hours staring into the void and i was like <laughs> wait what i thought you meant literally staring at a wall and i was like dude <laughs> That ain't right. Like, Just but you the meant TikTok. TikTok void. The TikTok void does get very um, voidy, void-like. It's yeah. like almost falling into a hole. It really is because I do this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm only gonna go. I'm gonna go on for an hour. Oh yeah, but then no, and then, you're on. 
and then I don't do that. Turns into... I do. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go on for ten minutes, and then it's five hours later, and I'm like, shit, it's yeah, three a.m. Exactly. I need to go to bed. It's, it's really bad, and I just end up watching all the weird live streams. And... You do, but I do love a good live stream when they're like with their fucking like they're doing seances and, and Ouija boards Mate, on I graves found, and stuff. I found a live a uh, live stream channel on TikTok that that is like live n- Nightcrawler, like the film Nightcrawler. No, it's literally just a guy that goes round and he goes to like um, shootings, accidents, all. No, this that's fucked stuff. up. I couldn't watch that. I couldn't. Oh, it's, it's, I, but I can't stop watching it. Well, you you do watch some messed up things on TikTok. That and Storm Chasers as well. Just watch the movie Twister starring Bill... Bill... Which one is it? Bill... Pullman. No, Paxton. Paxton. <laughs> I do that every time. R.I.P. as well. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Um, and who else is in it? Helen Hunt. Yeah. And the cow that goes up in the twister. That was always my favourite bit as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I love that bit. And you just hear... That cow. And, and you just hear... There's another around. cow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, we hope you all enjoy the rest of this lovely... Well, in the UK, this lovely warm weather for the it's rest delightful. of the week. And go forth into Pride Month and be queer as fuck, please. Happy June. Happy Pride Month. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.